Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody doing? I hope you said fine. I'm doing good. Not used to being up this early. It is what it is, right? <laughs> anyway, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team. Based out of Sacramento, California, we are 45 strong up and down the state, which means if you have a paranormal need or think you might have a paranormal need, we can get to you. It's not a problem. And Mike, take us a couple of, Look at this Grogu fellow. What's going on back here? Look at this. I guess the force isn't working so good for Grogu this morning, huh? Let's see, see this. There we go. All right. <laughs> okay. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess, I guess, well, I guess it's one too many frogs for him last night. Anyway, um, what that means is that, going back to what I was saying, oh my God. Get back on track. It might take us a couple days to get to you because California is such a big state. You know, when people think of California, they think of like Hawaii. They think of an area with beaches and bikini-glad girls and surfers. Well, it is like that. Um, more like uh, mid-Southern California, nice warm weather. It is like that. We also have Northern California. The further up you get, go, go north, the colder it gets. So then you get uh, guys wearing wetsuits when they're surfing and things like that. But we do have, you know, it is similar to Hawaii in that way. However... We also have high desert, low desert. We have farmland. We have a lot of rural areas. So that's why mountains. So that's why it might take us a couple days to get to you. Never more than one or two days. In that case, we do have mediums on staff who can call you and talk to you about what may or may not be going on in your in, in your area or in your home or whatever. And generally, sometimes they can even calm it down until we get out there. But like I said, it might take us one or two days to get out there. Okay. A couple of quick announcements. Um, Nancy Mass and Karen Clark are going to be doing it live at Psychic Readings uh, for you guys, the audience. And what we're doing is we're moving all that over to the Patreon because we, I want to make it more exclusive for you guys. So instead of going live over this, you know, over three or four um, social media platforms, you're just going to be over at Patreon. So it makes it more of a private reading. All right. So maybe maybe two or three you get a reading. Okay. You know, that 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 works out great, right? Because it's, it's more private than having it spewed across the internet um i'm figuring, I'm figuring on uh cost on that just for membership you know to do that and if you know if you become a patreon member say it for the five dollar level you get five minutes with nancy mats or karen clark maybe uh at the ten dollar level you'll get 10 minutes 15 dollars 15 minutes but the main thing about this is is that it gives you the opportunity to to ask questions during, during the reading you know as, you, as, she, as she's doing it where you don't get that opportunity when we're just doing a straight show of uh of readings right Okay, so that's something I'm going to be uh, that we're going to be offering, and I think I think you guys are going to like it a lot more than just doing it on on the air here, you know. Okay, that being said, uh, I do have some other stuff going on. I have a EVP class that I'm teaching, and that I think is this Sunday. And uh, if, if you ever wanted to learn how to process, get proper EVPs and then process them, that's a class for you. Check it out the California Hunts Meetup. We still have our uh, meditation classes going. And they're going really well. And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, say you're stressed out from work, come on over to the meditation class and uh, we'll get you calmed down and get you back on track. 
and I'm offering a 3.30 p.m. Pacific class for people on the East Coast and a 7.45 p.m. class for people on the West Coast. And that is, right now, we're going four days a week to do that. You know, it's, it's a rotation of every other day. So if that sounds like something you might be interested in, check out the California Haunts Meetup page, California Haunts Participation Team Meetup. I'm waiting for James Bartley to come in and uh, give him a few more minutes. And uh, uh, Nancy said if Mr. Bartley couldn't make it, I was to get a hold of her, and, we, and we'll, end up, we'll have Nancy on. Um, I am running a ticker at the bottom of this. Um, you know, I have to make my expenses, and this month has been kind of slow. So my phone bill is due on Monday, and so I'm looking for maybe possible little help. You don't have to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to um, force you to do anything. And it's up to you. It's all free will here, right? But, if, you know, any any little bit would help towards that phone bill. I'd really appreciate it because I really need to get this stuff done. And hopefully next month, it's, you know, I won't have to be doing this. You know, I'm hoping everything works um, along with my team and all that good stuff. Oh, which reminds me, my paranormal team, we are, we you know, we've been down for a while. Uh, as you guys know, a lot of you know, I had a lot of personal issues come up the last few years. You know, you had COVID and the year after COVID, things came up and then last year things came up but uh we're getting the paranormal team back on track and so you're going to start seeing live investigations with us coming up so it's going to be really exciting all right so so some events coming up that in fact i'm going to be training i got a whole, a whole handful of new people for my team i'm going to start training them in the field and uh you're going to start seeing stuff you're going to start seeing live investigations right here right here on StreamYard. so it's going to be kind of fun it's going to be really fun but uh I hope you guys, I hope you've had a great start to your week. I know I have. And so far, so good. Knock on wood, right? Things are things are starting to happen. So I just wanted to share that with you. Um, if James does come on, we are going to be talking about the Astral Dreamscape Adjustment Bureau. And uh, it should be an interesting talk. I've heard him on other shows talking about this. And I'm really excited. Um, he is in Australia. That's why we're doing this 11 a.m. start. So that's what we're waiting on to see because he's doing this just before he goes to work. And he just got my message. So we'll see if he can get in. Uh, he requested audio. So if he does, if he does come in, it's going to be audio just to let you know. So excuse me. So I mean you don't have to watch the screen per se. You can just carry me in your pocket. Listen to me in your car. Or how however it is, you listen to the shows when they're audio only shows. Uh, I want suggestions from you guys. You know, I, I want to get some more guests on here. And we do have California Haunts Radio t-shirts, which is kind of cool. And um, if you can find, if, if you send me some suggestions for guests, and we use that guest, or, or we're able to book that guest, I will be more than happy to send you a California Haunts Radio t-shirt. I can hear you guys going, ooh and ah. I can hear the oohs and ahs. Right? But they're, they're pretty cool shirts. I don't have one on right now, but uh, I'll grab one tomorrow so I can show you guys. But, uh, yeah, California Haunts Radio t-shirts. And I think our guest is in, and I'm excited for this. And uh, let's give it another minute or two. And uh, we're going to be talking about the Astral Dreamscape Adjustment Bureau. That's a mouthful. In fact, the outtakes for my uh, intro are really funny because I was trying to say it really fast to get set up for you guys. All right, here we go. James Bartley. Good morning. How are you? How uh, are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I just woke up a little while ago and I'm doing fine. Thank you. 
Fantastic. Tell me about can you, you sir. Me? Yeah, I can okay. hear you. Yeah. Tell me about you, sir. Are you there? Okay, oh, I think ahead. we're having... Okay, tell me about you. I've been this a year. So I just had a cough a little bit there. I've been in the field of uh, UFOs, alien investigation, investigations for uh, over 30 years now. I uh, came from San Diego, California. That's where I really started my research endeavors. I was part of the San Diego UFO Society, uh -huh. a member in good standing, and similar experiences. To me and I uh, had a similar interest. Uh, we, a broad view lens, we weren't going to look at it through rose colored filters. So we looked at the hardcore cases, mm -hmm. reptilian abductions, uh, that kind of thing, and networked with people that have had experiences. So that's pretty much where my emphasis has been the last 30 plus years. I like to get an overall view of what's going on mm -hmm. at the surface level, you know, geopolitics, what have you. But I also like to do deep dives into my kind of research, alien investigations, cryptids, uh, that kind of thing. So that's pretty much where I'm at. Now, when you talk about the um, Astral uh, Dreamscape Adjusted Bureau, what do you mean by that? Well, some of these beings, <clears throat> excuse me, they have the To enter into our dreamscape when we're coming into our sleeping bodies, they can hijack our, our dreams mm -hmm. and turn it into what I call a stage managed dream. The adjustment bureau asks sometimes we're put through testing and training, mm -hmm. we're set some kind of impossible task to do, and no one gives us any instructions. Sometimes it's a school setting, and we're just expected to perform a task or take some kind of test with little or no instruction. And part of the shtick, I believe, is to get, get us in a and see how we'll react. And frustration is a very common uh, emotion, feelings, and. What happens with the adjustment bureau is for herself, all, like an, an investigative mode, almost freelancing. Mm -hmm. Someone or something seems to find out. And then to kind of throw us off the track, they set before us some kind of strange, impossible task, impossible task. We get caught up. trying to work out some puzzle or some kind of um, job and we following investigating and trying to find out the 
things. Instead, we get distracted by some kind of strange test. And that you can be alone. And this is all part of the show. And mm -hmm. you're just sitting there with a blank sheet of paper in front of you, sitting at a desk. And no one tells you anything. No one gives you any advice. And you just feel inadequate. And a lot of times when I found myself in that scenario, I would just get up and walk out of the classroom, kind of ended on my terms. Other times mm -hmm. I would become unruly and unmanageable. And, you know. Right. What got you into you know, what got your attention enough to to be looking into uh, this? Okay. I'm coming through. Okay. okay, can you hear me still? It's kind of it's, it's kind of laggy in a way. I want to just just stay right there for a second. I want to go ahead and re and reboot my internet. And see if it's on my side. There we go. Let's let me do this, and I'll hopefully I won't. Okay, here we go. Okay. All right. Let's see if we got some okay. Are you there? His mic's off. So his mic's off. All right. Are you there? His mic back on. All right, let's mic back on. Yeah, his mic is off right now. He can turn his mic off. Hang on a second. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. All right. So um, how did you get into looking into all this stuff with the aliens? Something was going on. Okay. It all culminated. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Back in 1990, I had spent a, a summer in Germany, and towards the tail end of that, I began to have pro feelings of mm -hmm. always being watched, of always being monitored, a creepy feeling that I had at times when I was a child. And I started doing things like sleep with my lights on a thing. And so the last couple of weeks in Germany, that's what I felt like. And then when I flew back home to California, I lived in, the, in San Jose, California at the time. Mm -hmm. In a matter of weeks, like three weeks after I arrived, I had a number of ET experiences, some of which were blatant, including waking up and finding myself Uh, in the midst of uh, three reptilian greys. Wow. And uh, they didn't have uh, fingernails. They had claws. They didn't have fingers with cl uh, like claws. They just had claws. What the late Dr. Carla Turner called chicken claws. And mm -hmm. there were three of these reptilian greys. And then they took me up into their ship. And from there, 
So I woke up the next morning pretty much, uh, but uh, it was also terrifying and so raw mm-hmm. that the only way I could overcome about UFOs, what have you, I've always been interested in UFOs and aliens, but those experiences in 1990 uh, really gave added impetus to it. Well, you know, I've, I've never seen a reptilian. I think I've seen a gray. But to me, the reptilians would be really spooky to see them. Yes, they are. Different types of them, but they, they, they tend, the ones that people tend to see the most, the type, they tend to be six, seven feet or taller, mm-hmm. robust, big arms, uh, big legs, chest, a tail. Uh, they have a snout, uh, some of them. And uh, they're not all the same. There's different variants of them. And they can be quite hostile as well. So uh, I knew early on in my studies that they were the ones behind a lot of this. Uh, and they had found a way to make all these other ET race cosmic vassals who do a lot, a lot of the work for them. A lot of the abductions, a lot of the medical practices are conducted mm-hmm. by other races. But if you really delve into people's experiences, you'll find that behind a lot of the greys and those types of beings, there'll be other beings like reptilians, mantis beings, dracos. Dracos are the winged reptilians. And uh, very often they're in the background. Some people Mm -hmm. see them more frequently than others. Some Mm -hmm. people tend to see uh, mostly, for the most part, grey beings. I I mean this in totality around the world. In different places, people have encounters with different types of beings. I've often pondered this myself. Is there some kind of some kind of uh, cosmic law or something that makes it so certain on Parth, and they've mm-hmm. carved out a niche for themselves, and they don't let other aliens in or whatever the case may be. But I know from an American perspective, being in America all that time, a lot of people have experiences with greys and mm-hmm. reptilians and other types of beings like that. And sometimes you'll go into a setting and there'll be a bunch of different ETs, not just one or two types. There'll be like several different types of ETs, <clears throat> all seemingly uh, working in, in cahoots with one another. And once in a while, people will even see humans, human military, human engineering, human scientific personnel, medical personnel in the mix as well. Now, when you talk about the dreamscape, after you were abducted, you know, at a young age, did you end up having dreams about these things? You know, did you, did, is there some, were they inside your head after the abductions? Well, the alien abduction experience—it's not just physical. There, there is some of that, of course, the physical abductions. But like I mentioned earlier, some of these beings have the ability to enter into a sleeping 
person for all intents and purposes. Certainly the reptilians can do this. Mm-hmm. They can alter their frequency, their density, and enter into a sleeping person's body and essentially take over their dream from within. And they can make it go in any number of ways, in a frightening direction, in a erotic, perverse direction. Uh, I mean, it varies what the agenda, what the plan is for a given individual, what they were are trying to do to him or her. Are mm-hmm. they trying to make him or her a serial murderer in an extreme case or uh, a violent domestic abuser, for example, or are they trying to pacify the individual and only see aliens in a good light by... Mm-hmm making them have stage-managed dreams that are all of a pleasant, spiritual, seemingly benevolent nature, but really it's some of the beings that are manipulating them, these hostile, uh, negative Mm -hmm. entities. So a lot of manipulation and a lot of conditioning and indoctrination comes in the form of astral dreamscape manipulation. Uh, There's a lot of talk these days about the possibility of nuclear war, And for decades now, some of these ETs, what they do is they uh, either in the astral dreamscape or during an astral abduction, astrally as well as physically, or a physical abduction, they will show the abductee through holograms or some other means, uh, nuclear devastation, what it would look like. And it's quite real. It's vivid, it seems, to the person viewing it. Mm-hmm. And it could leave a person emotionally overwrought, especially if they manipulate the person into thinking. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry, I'm fighting off a bit of a cold, so when I start to laugh, I cough. But uh, okay. in my case, what they did with me was they manipulated the dream to make it seem as if I was responsible for a nuclear war between America and Russia. So mm-hmm. on that occasion, uh, sob into my pillow uh, because I, I really believed it, right? So mm-hmm. th- there's ways they can manipulate people. They can show them these videos, not videos, rather, but these images of nuclear devastation. So not surprisingly, in some, it, it uh, induces an environmental consciousness in some people where, the, you know, this is our planet after all. We don't want it to be destroyed in a nuclear war. Mm-hmm. And this compels them consciously or unconsciously. Some of them can activists or anti-war case may be. It just depends on what the agenda is for an individual. That's not to suggest that anyone who has such a sensibility or a philosophy, mm-hmm. and these are all commendable, uh, and anti-philosophy and anti-destroy philosophy, uh, mm-hmm. manipulated, but for some people, these alien abduction experiences, uh, that they'll manipulate people and you, they'll use emotional hot buttons uh, like nuclear war, like the threat to the environment. And it's interesting that uh, this kind of mirrors what's going on in the surface world where they're instilling this faux environmental consciousness into the surface pile, but really it's a means to control them. And and I've said for a long time that what we're seeing in the surface world, manifestation of what's been going on all along, and the non-human agenda driving this, 
it's, it's not just rich bankers that rule the world and depopulate everybody except themselves, mm -hmm. but it's the entities working through them. Some of these uh, depopulated depopulation mentality uh, bureaucrats and politicians and so-called philanthropists, they themselves are reptilian or Draco hybrids. So the, the, consci the consciousness going through them is anything but human. And people should understand that that's what's exactly what's going on. That there's a non-human agenda driving everything we see on the surface right now. Are they doing this? I mean, like you say, the, 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 they're manipulating the dreams. Are they doing this to see what reaction we have to these dreams? Because you know how how this this agenda where people are talking about where you know they're creating hybrids. Are, are they doing this so that they that they can actually pull these emotions out or, or create these emotions artificially? Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Uh, a lot of times uh, the greys are factions of these grey aliens, some of them working on behalf of the reptilians and the mantis beings of the Draco. They themselves, these greys, seem to be somewhat bereft of emotion. Uh, they're very mm -hmm. uh, cold. Uh, they, they can manifest some emotions, but because of their ability to exert essentially mind control and emotional control on people, uh, we must be uh, very discerning about the the feelings, sensations, and the attitudes we develop as a result of these repeated uh, encounters aliens. Mm -hmm. They do have our emotions. They have the ability to, f like, flood us with sensations of well, love bombing, for example, mm -hmm. as a term you hear. Uh, the mantis being cuter are, are particularly adept at uh, just inundating you with a feeling of, of their omniscience, of their wisdom, of their love. But really, these are overgrown insects that are hostile. And sometimes a female mantis being or what seems to be a being with a female anima and then the abductee comes away with a feeling well <clears throat> i was in the presence of this very wise female mantis being it it just showed so much love and compassion for me but really that's or that that being can exert over someone's senses over someone's feelings and emotions and also what they what they perceive these mm -hmm. beings have an extraordinary ability to manipulate our perceptions, make us see and feel things in a certain way. So getting back to your, your, your question about the hybrids, a lot of these grays and some of these other beings seem to have very a clinical mentality, uh, almost robotic, because some of them literally mm -hmm. are cyborg type beings. They've been genetically uh, bred uh, by their cosmic masters to be cosmic vassals, to be worker bees, essentially. A lot of them really don't have personalities. They may not be ensouled or have a soul as, as we understand it, as we think right. we understand it. So they are interested in our emotions. They are inter interested in the fact that we are resonator frequency of vibration. So from a loose parasitic perspective, it hooves these archontic negative parasitic beings to keep us in a low vibratory ebb 
And that's not only in our astral dreamscape by manipulating our dreams. And, and, uh, and like I said, they, they can make the dreams very sexual. They can make the dreams very frightening. We're being chased and assaulted by clowns, sadistic clowns, that kind of thing. Clowns come up a lot in alien abduction research. It's an archetypal fearful image that, that many of us, for some reason, many of us grow up fearful of clowns. Mm-hmm. And, and I would contend that there's this dark archontic force, including these negative aliens, that utilize the image of, of clowns. And what do we see in the surface? Again, it's an example of how the sadistic clown imagery mm-hmm. is starting to become normalized in the surface world. So these hybrids, they have been genetically engineered, many of them, to look uh, and appear pretty human. But the mm-hmm. consciousness going through them is not. Some of them can be quite violent. Some of them are, are quite sexually aggressive and have been known to just manifest in women's homes and assault them. And these look just like normal humans, except the consciousness within them oftentimes, in my view, is, is a reptilian consciousness. And they've just been hired. Some of them, I believe, have been fast-grown. It doesn't take a long time for them to reach maturity. Some of these beings, uh, their ability to fast grow. And uh, like they'll create this whole horde of these hybrids imbued with this reptilian consciousness and ductees. And I, I know some of these people have been tasked by the aliens to train them, to inculcate into them uh an idea of how to fit into uh, human society. So they are tasked going into these homes where these hybrids have been set up uh, to Mm -hmm. live and they teach them how to keep house. They teach them how to put away pots and pans. They teach them how to, you know, purchase goods at a grocery store, for example. And these hybrids, some of them, you'll see children, younger uh, teens, pre-adolescents, on up to adult, young adults and adults. So when I say fast grow, uh, that some of them, not all of them, some of them go through this uh, growing up to do. I just don't know how accelerated it is. But mm-hmm. these hybrids are in all strata of society now. And the, the reptilian human hybrids, a lot of them are in positions of power and authority. And Tillings that are taken to people as hosts because of the compatibility. There are many people that have that are hosting a mantis being. Uh, mm-hmm. A certain type of psychic has to see the entity taken as a host. They can see the hosting entity. And sometimes they'll see not just the reptilians, but they'll see mantis beings, grays. They'll see grays and happy. It really varies, but predominantly the reptilians, Draco, and sometimes mantids that have taken people up as hosts. As you're talking about this, I'm thinking of that TV series V because a lot of the, a lot of what they were doing, you know, even though the, the you know, the, the, they were wearing the fake you know body to look like us, but a lot of what they were doing was, was they were abducting people to, to, to get to their soul because the, because the aliens didn't, have a soul, you know, like, like you're saying, they don't have the emotions that we have, the capability for those emotions. And it sounds a lot similar to that show, what you're telling me. Well, that was a classic show, the original V, 
I watched the remake and didn't really get into that, but the original one, it was first time anyway, cheesy special effects, but mm -hmm. I encourage everyone to go back and watch that original because it dealt with these beings from outer space that appeared perfectly human, but they were really reptilians. And um, yeah, and you'll notice that a lot of these onerous characteristics that people in my field associate with the mm -hmm. negative reptilians, they're all not all negatives, um, all, but the ones that are, are negative are the ones causing a lot of these problems. Uh, these attributes of theirs, they manage through genetic manipulation, hybridization, media indoctrination, uh, school, Soviet school type brainwashing, manage to imbue their char characteristics onto a, a large swath of the surface population. So you're, you're finding more and more people are not governed by like logic or rationality or reason. Mm -hmm. uh, everything is an emotional hot button. They've been uh, indoctrinated and, and manipulated. Their behaviors have been manipulated so that they become very emotionally overwrought over certain mm -hmm hot button topics it could be something as simple as donald trump or you know some other uh, like interest uh, whether it be about uh, you know open borders immigration uh, uh, abortion whatever the case may be mm -hmm. the people that are behind uh, the people that have been inculcated into that belief system they get very emotionally overwrought, violent, sadistic, even when their beliefs are challenged. And so, and you see extreme examples of this, like in Oregon, if memory serves, they've, uh, they had a bill, which they've since passed that gives uh, people of color a free pass as far as education. If they don't want to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic, they don't have to, uh, supposedly to make up for past uh, racial injustice. Like, like who would want to not be educated who would not want to be taught but they're giving these increasingly younger people a free pass saying be emotionally overwrought as you want as long as you're emotionally overwrought about the subjects and the topics and the issues that we want you to be overly emotional and forget about reason logic and arithmetic um, you know you'll figure that out on your own i guess so that has become I'm a free pass. Emotions, especially the uh, over-the-top emotions, are being promoted and encouraged. And things like logic, rationality, reason is is often anyone spent any time with these rabid foaming at the mouth leftist activists. There's mm -hmm. there's no getting through to them. It's like with that formal. Mm -hmm. uh, I forget his last name, Bezimov or something. Like that. Like that, he the demoralization society through KG and, and manipulation. Where after just a couple of generations, these people can't reason, they can't think for themselves. It doesn't matter how much evidence or proof you present them with, it just elicits even, an even more uh, extreme emotional reaction. And see, I would contend that that state of mind, that state of being, is alien inspired. Uh, some of these philosophies. Uh, communism, socialism, what have you, they're not normal 
human societal uh, philosophies. They are intended to incite um, separation, incite anger, resentment, jealousy, all, all the base kinds of emotions we come to associate with, with sociopaths and psychopaths. Mm-hmm. That has become the norm in our society. And I would contend, and I'm sounding redundant here, but I want to emphasize the fact that that's an alien mentality, that kind of extreme over-the-top emotional reaction. And when you hear a lot of these people talk about how, well, yeah, the aliens, they're really into their emotions. When they abduct people, they are really fascinated by us because they don't have emotions that, like we do. And, and there's truth to that. But they don't really understand the inner dynamics of how that works. Uh, and there's different types of, like I said, that do this. They will induce um, feelings within people in the astral dreamscape and in physical abductions and astral abductions that run the gamut from extremes uh, to, uh, you know, feeling extreme pacifism and extreme insouciance on the one hand. And on the other hand, uh, extreme rage, extreme uh, perversity, extreme at all points in between. It just depends on what their agenda is for people in general as well mm-hmm. individually, how they want to manipulate people. Because if you look at it from a, a loose generating aspect, if you look mm-hmm. at a typical household these days uh, and burdened by debt, rising interest rates, uh, mm-hmm. devaluation of the currency, uh, just you know, $20 hardly buys you anything at the grocery store anyway, uh, um, anymore. All these things combine as stresses, stresses in our life. And like I said, it, it, rather than have us in a state of uh, contentment and, you know, a pleasant overall uh, harmonious kind of state of being, that doesn't benefit them, not at all. And it empowers that and it weakens them because they're parasitic in nature. So rather that, they manipulate things. So just about every household is, is saddled with, uh, uh, you know, financial debt, uh, domestic abuse issues, substance abuse issues, uh, mm-hmm. on and on and on. So and you multiply that out by every single household thus affected, and you're seeing a gigantic miasma of, of human suffering and, and, and human anxiety that keeps us in a low vibratory state. It actually pushes us down into a frequency bandwidth, which is useful and beneficial to them and not useful and beneficial to us. So, I mean, in the recent past, we've just had all this fretting and wailing and gnashing of teeth of of this emergency broadcasting system test Mm -hmm. that was supposed to, you know, potentially end the world uh, last week. I knew Mm -hmm. it was just more chicken programming, as we used to call it in the old days. Uh, this notion and a lot of the surface level truth that don't delve deep into the alien don't believe in Mm -hmm. aliens they think it's all a big psyop they'll find out the hard way one way or the other but a lot of them are easily manipulated every time there's a a new drill an EBS drill they start spreading all this fear and anxiety 
Now, I know there was going to be a number, it was going to be a month where a lot of th things were going to kick off and take us to the next level of this whole alien agenda. And historically, October, November have always been months when things mm -hmm. happen, the Bolshevik Revolution, for example. I mean, one can go on and on. And there's always been an increase in alien cryptid activity in October, November, every almost every year. So that's a pattern many of us have, have seen coming. But, you know, like the whole alert thing was kind of a, a buildup to what's happening now with increased tensions and, and warfare spreading not only from the Ukraine, but, uh, you know, now the Middle East, what have you, that planned. But they prepped people uh, for the last few weeks, getting into the fret about this EBS alert. And that turned out to be absolutely as I thought it was. But now, uh, you know, things are happening on the surface world that quite alarming to a slippery slope of, of you know, worst case scenarios of nuclear warfare. So we have to be mindful of that. We have to be what's about us, but not going to panic and be able to function. We won't be able to think uh, properly if we go into fear mode. We, just, we have to rise somewhat. Now, you kind of hit on something as you were talking. Um, alien cryptids, what are those? Are, are we talking the Dogman, Bigfoot, things like that, or is it something else? Yes. Uh, what's now regarded as a Dogman, and there seems to be different types of Dogman. I, I saw one, Bullhead City, Arizona, mm -hmm. circa... Oh, I would say between 2004, 2006 time frame, I'm guessing someone walked by on all fours. Kind of, it was quite large, had a huge hump on its back. And, you know, I, I described it to uh, dogman experts like Jody Cook, who, who has a large uh, dogman research organization and, and others, and, and they concurred with me that yes that was a, a dog man and that's how some of them look when they're on all fours mm -hmm. i think that as time goes on a big reason in my view for the acceleration of activity of alien activity of cryptid activity and we see these frenzied efforts parts of these reptilian human hybrids that are manipulating everything here on the surface uh, they're the executors of, of this alien agenda in human guys, these alien reptilian human hybrids. Uh, it's all driven by celestial events. There are things coming down the pike. We've had celestially driven cataclysms in our solar system cyclically many times uh, over the past millions of years and thousands of years. And we're on the cusp again when these celestially driven cataclysms will occur. And the powers that be know this. So they want to get all their ducks in a row, depopulate as much of the surface population as it can, implant with nanotech and what have you, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, on the surface and control in society. So it all ties in together. Mm -hmm. uh, our aliens aware of this, and Iranian civilizations aware of this cyclical, celestially driven mm -hmm. timetable but also uh, the crypt, they seem to be, seems to be 
cleaning uh, of the veil, the membranes, the mention, whatever anyone wants mm -hmm. in agenda of, and, and I'll call it out. I'll, I'll say it's an alien engineering. It's been described as the global dimming agenda, the chemtra chemtrail agenda. To me, that is clearly part of this alien uh, terraforming agenda. If someone looks at some of these chemtrail planes, alleged chemtrail planes, and they enhance the video and they zoom in, they will see that some a lot of these are not planes at all as we understand them. They may have a fuselage that would appear to be wings, but when you zoom in, they don't look like planes. They look like a cylindrical kind of craft, stubby wings. And, and what's interesting is some of these stubby short wings don't even seem to be connected to the, the fuselage, to the cylindrical uh, part of the craft. And you have this gigantic plume of, of chemicals spewing out the back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one has to ask, going horizon to horizon, so many of these things, they don't make a sound flying at different altitudes, dimming the sky, uh, just uh, how, how much of that solvent can you airplane mm -hmm. where it can go horizon to horizon, leaving a gigantic plume? Uh, I would argue that, uh, and if one reads the book Gods of Eden by William Bramley, he talks about how in the Middle Ages, chroniclers talked about these craft going through the sky, leaving these booms and, mm -hmm. and trails of what we would call chemtrails now, right? So mm -hmm. what we are seeing, uh, one result of that is uh, less photonic energy reaching the Earth's surface. Uh, this permachemtrail haze all around, significantly reducing um, exposure to the sun. And I believe that this global dimming and this aerosol spraying agenda uh, is not only an alien agenda, but it's also allowing a lot of these beings that usually are only nocturnal that don't right. really come around during the daytime. It's, it's giving them the means now to come up to the surface more and more because they don't have to contend with that, uh, you know, blinding sunlight that they used to have to. Mm -hmm. And now having cryptid reports, uh, they're all over the place. Only in remote rural places, one is likely to encounter a cryptid and the cryptids, uh, they vary. Yeah, some are subterranean, a lot are. They come out from the inner earth. Uh, they know where the ent tunnel entrances are, what have you. Others, I believe, um, they may be subterranean, but they have an, an interdimensional aspect to them as well. Uh, some of the Sasquatch certainly can do this. Some of the dogmen and other cryptid beings seem to be able to disappear or dematerialize from our visual perspective. Uh, we'll just see... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, a set of tracks and snow just abruptly stop. And then some hunters, some people in the woods have seen like Sasquatch disappear in a bright blue flash or Sasquatch come out of yes. portals or Sasquatch go into portal. People talk that this is recurring. Also the case in, in many alien UFO cases where the local environment uh, seems to change uh, when cryptids show up or when uh, aliens show up. Uh, there's a vacuum silence insects anymore. Uh, sometimes strange mist, uh, strange 
which cloud formations uh, suddenly manifest, suddenly rainstorms uh, develop. All of these are part and parcel of the lore of uh, mm-hmm. the weather manipulation capabilities of, of aliens, as well as it in, seems individual cryptids. So point being is that uh, conditions are now ripe for more and more of these cryptids to show up. I think that's a big reason why the powers that be are going after a lot of the mm-hmm. top cryptid researchers uh, like Josh Turner and others. Uh, we've seen mm-hmm. the North American Dogman Project. Jody Cook took uh, part of the group with him from his own organization. All that's happened in just the recent past. So these two major, uh, in my view, one of the top dogmen researchers have been harassed and uh, have had a flack hurled at them. And and that's it because the whole subject of cryptids is blowing up now. And it ties in with the alien agenda too, because I've had Stan Gore on my show and, He's talked about uh, the great 1973-1974 UFO wave in Ohio and Pennsylvania when many people were seeing uh, Sasquatch-type beings in proximity to any mm-hmm. craft, uh, either uh, alighting, uh, getting out of an alien craft, or being on the ground uh, with a nearby landed alien craft or a hovering alien craft. Mm-hmm. And people uh, have really made the commitment, at least for some of these uh, big noids, there does seem to be an ET alien connection. Now, the other question I have, that I kind of been throwing this idea around for a long time as far as these cryptids are concerned. Are these hybrids that, that were created way back when and it just didn't work out because they just didn't have the temperament to, to be aboard ship? And then they just decided to just drop them off, or are these pre-programmed creatures? That's a very good question. There have been accounts of uh, flying by, and then in their wake, um, seemingly dropped off in midair by them. Suddenly, someone mm-hmm. sees very large birds. Uh, I forget the term "thunderbirds" that people use. Mm-hmm. Over. And also been in some cases an uptick in cryptid in the midst of a UFO flap, uh, uh, alien craft wave. So getting back to your question, it's often been postulated, hypothesized that some of these cryptids are, are, are left over from the advanced genetic hybridization days of Atlantis when these advanced civilizations on our surface and, and below the surface were just as today we're in the genetic engineering game. So mm-hmm. it's open to question how many of these crypt may have been created by the ins for lack of a better term or some other uh, race of beings on world or off world. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of the cryptids seem to be abducted themselves. Uh, Josh Turner was talking about this case where this guy out in the woods in England, an alien craft in a clearing at night in the woods, and these reptilians got out, and they had what seemed to be a dog band with them that they were like either returning or dropping off. So, and also 
you, you look at it from another standpoint for some time now. And I've had reports of this going back. Some of these uh, dogmen seem to be working for deep black elements of the military, even where uh, I had a friend, Pam Hamilton, years ago in the 1990s. She lived in uh, the Hatchapi Mountains and within the mountains. At Ant Hill. Uh-huh. And within Mondays, um, run in part by the, the Northrop Commission. And people have seen alien craft fly in and out of this mountain. And abductees have described being taken into this mountain by the military and or aliens. And uh, my friend Pam was visited one night. I mean, she lived within sight of this underground facility, this mountain. And this wolf man in uh, a military uniform and she had a professional artist draw this. Um, I wish I had a copy of this this drawing. And uh, it was quite a startling spectacle. I mean, like literally a hairy wolfman kind of guy in, in an Army or Air Force uniform. And he was speaking English in a gro- growly. And he was saying to Pam, we warned you what would happen if you... she kept talking about her reptilian experiences or alien experiences. Uh-huh. And um, she, by then, well, that was later. She got together with Bill Hamilton, one of the top researchers, and they made a dynamic duo for a while. But, but this Wolfman came to her in the middle of the night and threatened her. And also, her her husband Bill talked about if he heard a case where this uh, family, parents and two, were driving at the base of the. Um, the the mountain the anthill i was telling you about and uh-huh. they got lost they were driving up this remote uh going and they came across what appeared to be like a platoon of these wolfmen dogmen beings in uniform or more air force off there uh-huh. and when uh, the the family saw all this, uh, tried to, they turned around and tried to get out of there. And then that was when all these wolfmen in uniform and rocks at them, what have you, as they flipped down the hill. And, um, you know, Bill got that story firsthand from, you know, you know, one of the people that was involved in that. So mm-hmm. there does seem to be this connection. And it, it wouldn't surprise me it doesn't surprise me at all that people elements of the military seem to be aware of these beings that whether they had any engineering them my view is this there seems to be an analog for a lot of the beings uh, insect um, mammalian uh, aquatic what have you mm-hmm. like we have our mundane earthly version of them and there seems to be this off-world perhaps even interdimensional analog to them where we see insects on earth and there are insect toys that mm-hmm. come from outer space right we see um in the series of books edited by the late colonel wendell stevenson uh, colonel wendell stevens was was really attacked and harassed and 
you know, they, they made up stories about him being a pedophile, which he was not. You know, that was a lie. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Colonel Stevens had uh, edited a series of books about different types of alien encounters. And one of the stories that really stuck out, this person who was taken on and the occupants of the craft, they were like bare humanoids, for lack of a better term. They looked like upright kind of humanoid bear beings for lack of a better term point mm-hmm. being is that it's an example of how there seems to be an analog to some of the beings we have here on earth so okay keeping that point in mind that some advanced civilization human or otherwise take some of these regular beings quadrupeds what have you and decide mm-hmm. to turn some of them utilizing their best attributes genetically turn them into humanoid some way uh, to be used as like uh, vassals or slaves. I think that's possible. Does it explain all these different go- um, cryptids like the goat man and, you know, um, other types of beings uh, in part, perhaps that they were the result of some kind of Atlantean fermentation. I tend to believe that, you know, some of them, a lot of them are just naturally occurring in in our world and they, some of them have a interdimensional capability they seem to know where the portal entries are in and out of our world when they're in our world and they seem to be hunting hunting deer or hunting elk or whatever the case may be or cows mm-hmm. sometimes paradox because they're simultaneously physical they can abduct and kill cattle and kill domesticated animals for example but they seem to be invulnerable to firearms and other weapons it's like people will shoot at them and nothing will happen so so that's that describes they can feed they can come here and feed but the laws of physics don't necessarily apply to them from our perspective so it's a mixed bag absolutely mr bartley thank you for coming on i so appreciate it it was great here. It was great. I, oh, I learned so you. much today, and I really appreciate it. I, uh, I know you're getting ready to head out to work and stuff today, but uh, thank you so much for coming on, and maybe in the future we can have you on again, sir. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Just um, to all your listeners. How can people find you? And uh, we lost him. All right, that's cool. Thank you so much for coming on, Mr. Bartley. If you can hear me, the internet's been real shaky today. Uh, you know, he's in Australia, so you know this this is what happens. But that was a great show. I learned a lot. Um, you know, sorry for the quir- sorry for the quirky internet, but the stuff that that, that was really clear was absolutely fascinating. Because I'm, I'm fascinated by, by by this whole subject. Okay, tomorrow we'll be back at 6.30 p.m. with Christopher Macklin, and we're going to be talking about um, aliens again and other world entities attacking humans. Are they attacking humans or are they not attacking humans? So it's kind of like along you know, the, the same vein of what we just talked about, only this time it's going to be Chris, Christopher Macklin talking about it. That'll be 6.30 p.m. Pacific tomorrow. I want to thank everybody for coming today, and I know you guys aren't used to me being on midday, so for the people that are going to come on later on, I'm looking forward to it online and, and checking out the chat room when you guys do come on but uh 
Thank you all. And thank you very much, Katie, for the compliment. I appreciate it. Uh, okay. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We're equal opportunity here. We're just trying to get the word out about our show. If you like what you heard today and uh, you haven't done so already, please do hit that follow button on Facebook or hit that subscribe button on YouTube. I'm hoping to hit my 1,000 subscriber mark before Christmas. That would be a great Christmas present. Okay? All right. Well, I'm going to get off here, and I'll let you guys go about your business for the rest of the day. And, again, I'll be back here at 6.30 p.m. live at Pacific tomorrow with Christopher Macklin. Have a great evening, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, uh, wherever you may be. See ya.